0: Who over here have not fallen away from God? Anyone here drifted away, backslidden, moved away from God's grace, out of His presence, been disconnected to Him? We all have. None of us have lived perfect lives where we have not let God down. And so this story really speaks into the core of what Jesus does in our lives in order to restore us back to that place where we have a plan and a purpose through Christ our Lord. And so let's take a look at some of the things that come out of the story and just how we can use that in our everyday life in order to come back into God's presence. You know, the interesting thing that I find about John, I mean, about Peter, is that he settles for second best. You know, I'm a terrible, terrible follower. But you know what I used to be able to do? Is to fish. And so what Peter does is he goes back to the life that he used to lead. He goes back to settling for what he used to know. Jesus showed him so much of what was possible. He called him the rock on which he will build the church. And he gave him this incredible plan and this purpose, but he settles for second best. Whenever we let God down, we do settle for second best. We often forget about what God has placed on our hearts, the dreams that he has for our lives, and we start to say, well, you know what, that was then, and this is now. How many of us have settled for a life that's ordinary? A life that's okay, a life that's average, and said, it's okay. When we are in the presence of God, He takes us into a different reality, into a place where all things are possible, and where God is able to do incredible things through each and every one of us. But so often we settle. For Peter, that was what he was doing. And can you imagine that situation where he's sitting in the boat and having gone back to fishing, has got absolutely no fish. Hey, Not only am I a terrible disciple, but I'm a really lousy fisherman as well. And when he hears this voice that comes out of the, the morning darkness and says, Have you got any fish? Can you imagine how it rubs salt into the wounds? Not a single one. Not a single one. You know, the fact is that if we settle for second best, don't expect to feel that you are content, that you are satisfied with what you have done. God calls us into his presence and allows us to be part of his kingdom. And when we settle, it doesn't feel right. And I think that's exactly what happened with Peter. It just didn't feel right. He was living in that no man's land between God's dream for him And settling for second best. And so, have we settled for second best? If you have, maybe let's take a journey further into this story. You see, the incredible thing is that God then leads Peter into the beginning of the journey that they had together. If we look at the beginning of where Peter's journey started, it was on a boat. It was on a boat with Jesus. And so Peter was a fisherman, and so Jesus says, hey, let me come and fish with you guys. And also, there was a terrible day where they had caught very little. And then Jesus says, take your nets and throw them to the other side. What happens when he does that? Well, it says that the nets were so full that they couldn't pull them in, that the nets were nearly taken away because of the amount of fish. Now can you imagine when Peter throws the net to the other side as this man on the beach has said, you know, throw it to the right. And suddenly the same thing happens. Do you think that Peter didn't understand what had just happened? God takes us to the beginning of our journeys when we have moved away, when we have faded away, when we have drifted away from God's plan for our lives. I can remember the day that I truly came face to face with Christ. And that was through sitting at the cross, understanding that God had done so much for me. I think each and every one of us has a special time where we were able to understand who God was and what He wanted for our lives. God takes us back to that place. And when last have you been there? When lost in your quiet time, in the time where you spend with God, have you gone back to the beginning of your relationship? Because it was at that stage that you realized that there was more to life than just this. God calls us into another reality, calls us into another space. And it all began somewhere. And for me, that's God's incredible love for me, that He takes me to the beginning of my journey with Him. Whenever I'm far, whenever I'm desperate, wherever I say, God, I can't see you, it's lovely how God takes me by the hand and he leads me back to the beginning of our relationship. I'll never forget it. It was in a place called Simonstown in a, in a um, campsite called Rocklands. And I remember sitting in front of the cross and going, God, I don't deserve your love. I'm not worthy of what you have called me to. And yet God in that stillness said, I love you. You are my child and I will decide where I want to take you. And I will do all things through you if you just choose to put yourself in my hands. When did we last have that kind of encounter with God? And God calls us constantly back to the beginning of our relationship. And that's exactly what he does with Peter. Peter throws his nets to the other side and suddenly there's this pool and he remembers another time where, where he did exactly that and his nets were full. Is God going to take you back to the beginning of your relationship? We acknowledge, when we acknowledge his abundance, we start to put Jesus into focus. Now, the incredible thing is that they see this stranger out on the beach, but they don't recognize that it is Jesus. But as soon as the nets start to pull, as soon as they realize that there's a huge catch, they start to realize that the man on the beach is Jesus. The beautiful thing about God is that wherever there is abundance, God is in the midst of it. And so they must have remembered that, you know, whenever they have these big catches, Jesus was there. Whenever, you know, just a couple of loaves and a few fishes turn into a a banquet for 5,000 people, God is there. When they turned the most simple of bath water into the most beautiful of wine, God was in the midst of that. Wherever there is abundance, whenever there is generosity, God is in the midst of that and He draws us to Himself. And so I find that. When I take time just to realize what God has put in my life, the abundance of His grace, the abundance of generosity, Jesus gets brought into focus. You know, there's that old song, count your blessings one by one. And it's an old song. And so often we just sing it because it's got lovely words and a nice rhythm. But if you do count your blessings one by one, you could be there for a long time. Wherever there is abundance and generosity from God, bring God into that moment. And so realize that God has given us so much, and whenever we realize that, God is brought into the midst of our story, and He starts to tell us, here I am. If you want that life that I have promised you, just remember how far we've come. Remember what I have already given you, and I will give you so much more if you just choose my way rather than your way. And then... Another thing that is quite interesting. And so in the moment that these, these nets are pulled in, that there's 153 fish. Now, I'd love to see these guys because they knew exactly how many fish there were. And so they must have sat down and gone, 153 fish, that's insane. And so they must have gone to the idea of God's abundance and sat down with the fishes and just been blown away. But what does Jesus do? The first thing he does is he says, come boys, it's a fish fry." Hey, Jesus could have been a Capetonian. (laughs) The beauty about Jesus is that in everything, he wanted people together. And when we get together as, as fellow believers, as brothers and sisters, there is a power that is beyond all things. If we want to understand God's restoration, it starts and ends in the midst of community. Jesus knew that. When he does the, the start of communion, when he gets his disciples around a table and he breaks the bread and he pours the wine and he says, this is where my heart is. He does it in the midst of people, in the midst of a gathering, in the midst of community. The same thing when he restores us. He takes his people onto the beach, has a fish fry and a bread and they sit down and they talk and there's energy and excitement and so when we do that as a family, God is in the midst of that. And that's how he helps to restore us. I always feel so deep down in my heart so sad when people say, I can be a Christian outside of the body of Christ. You can't. Because God's power, God's spirit resides in the midst of community. And Jesus shows that to Peter. He says, if you want to understand how I work Get people together, break bread, fry fish, but put me in the center of those, those stories. And so that's exactly what the writer of John does, is he puts Jesus in the midst of this fish fry with a whole bunch of disciples. And then comes the crux. As soon as they all settled, as soon as they're all munching, as soon as they're all happy, Jesus has to bring out the elephant in the room. The fact is, Peter knew that he had let Jesus down. And there had never been a moment from the resurrection of Jesus to this point where Jesus had one on one time with Peter. And so it's a very, very interesting conversation that they have here. And wherever there is a pattern in Scripture, take note because the the author is trying to say something or God is trying to push something into our lives. And so. Jesus does an incredible thing. He makes us face our sins. He makes us face our failures. You see, when we come to Jesus and we ask for forgiveness, it's a wonderful thing. But it's not a magic eraser that suddenly takes all of our bad points and sort of blots it out and then says, okay, move on. So often we have to come into Jesus' presence, into His light, to take a look at our darkness. And so often that's when we start to change. Jesus doesn't just want to offer us forgiveness. He wants us to offer, to offer us so much more. He wants to offer us restoration. He wants to offer us wholeness. He wants to offer us healing. And often the only way that that happens, that we get healthy and we can start to grow again, is when we face our sins. And that's what Jesus does. He sits with Peter in the most beautiful way, makes him acknowledge what had just happened. And so he starts off this whole story with this. Simon, son of John. Now this might just sound, wow, okay, Simon, son of John. But what was Jesus' name for Simon? Peter. You are the rock. Cephas. Rock. And so he had always referred to him as Peter, but when he sits with him now, he goes, Simon. So he almost says... I'm going to take their title away from you at this moment, and I want to check if you're still in, if you still want to be part of this plan, if you still want to be part of this kingdom, if you want to be the leader. And so he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And so Peter says, yeah, I love you. Yeah, that's lovely, you know. Spot on. I'm still with you. And so he says, okay, take care of my land. And then he does it a second time. Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He goes, yeah, I love you. I'm here. I want to be with you. I want to to go forward with you. So he says, fine, go and feed my sheep. And then he does it a third time. What else happened three times? Peter denied Jesus three times. And can you imagine how that scalpel must have gone into Peter's heart at that exact moment? I denied you three times, and you're asking me three times. You know what Jesus does so well? Is that he brings us right into the depth of where we've gone wrong. And he invites us to acknowledge that. Once we acknowledge that, once we then come to a point Jesus is able to transform us. And so when we sit in God's presence, it's amazing how he does exactly that. He goes right to the midst of where we have gone wrong. And I invite you into that place. It is the most beautiful place, but it hurts like heck. It's supposed to hurt. Sin is supposed to hurt. Acknowledging our sin is supposed to hurt. Acknowledging our failures and our weaknesses is supposed to hurt. But the fact is, once we go through that, we obtain new life. We get healing. We get wholeness. The one thing that we need to always remember is that forgiveness is not free. It came at a cost. The cost was not for us but the cost was taken up by Christ. It is not free. In fact, it is the most precious and the most expensive thing that we have ever received is God's grace. But it didn't cost us anything. But remember, it came at a cost. And so when we acknowledge the importance of dealing with our sin, it will hurt. But only through that hurt can we experience new life. And so the last time he goes, Simon, son of John, do you love me and i think it is at that point that the scalpel went in and he had to think about it and he had to say is this what i want for my life and you know what it's such an easy decision because he had seen what second best looks like and he said i don't want any of that do we want more than second best for our lives do we want more than second best for our families do we want more than second best for our church I pray that you do, because there is so much more than what we have settled for, but it takes us acknowledging where we have gone wrong and accepting Jesus' way above our way. The last thing that I need to share with you, and most importantly, it's how Jesus ends off this whole story. He just says the most beautiful words, follow me, follow me. Each and every one of us has that choice. The moment we wake up in the morning to the moment that we lie down at night, we have a choice to either follow Jesus or to ignore him. The one leads to blessing and the one leads to death. But the fact is, I don't want to make you feel guilty about any of the kind of those choices, but if you choose it just for one day, tell me about the difference. And so God calls us and He says, Follow me. It's the easiest thing in the world, but it is the hardest thing in the world. But it is the thing that leads to a different world, a different reality, a blessing that is beyond comprehension and a relationship with God that is deep and intimate and life-giving. Follow me. Isn't it amazing that when Jesus spoke to Peter the first time in order to make him a disciple, he said, no longer will you become Fishers of fish, you guys will become fishers of men. And it said that they dropped everything and they followed him. And they followed him. Jesus gives us that same choice and he gave Peter that same choice. He said, Just follow me. And this morning I want to give you that decision. I want to leave that with you. Are you following him? Are you making a decision every single day to follow Jesus, no matter where he may go? The beauty of it is if we choose that way, there is a life that has so much abundance, so much blessing, so much reward. For Peter, it meant that he went into the middle of Rome, that he spread the good news wherever he went. And the reason that we have the church that we have today is because of a man called Peter, a fisherman who was not prepared to accept second best for his life. He was not prepared to be known as Simon. But he always wanted to be called Peter. That was who he was in Jesus. His identity was Peter, the rock. For each and every one of us, God calls us in a different way. But if we spend time in silence, if we come into his presence, he makes it very clear what he wants in our lives. And so where is God calling you? Have you heard His call? Have you heard His dream? Have you heard the plan and the purpose for your life? Because the moment that you do, I pray that there's nothing else that you want. Just that. If you haven't heard that call yet, may we pray with you. I pray that God will be able to give you a dream that is way bigger than anything that you could have ever comprehended. And God can do that in each and every one of our lives. And so I'm going to call the worship team up as we start to pray. And as the worship team go into a time of worship, I pray that you might be able to come to the beginning of your relationship. Remember what it was that brought you into God. I also want you to come face to face with the times that you have failed, where you have drifted away, where you have moved away from God. I also want you to go to that statement where he says follow me and decide are you truly following jesus or have you decided a different path let us bow our heads pray dear lord i thank you so much for the example of peter so many times i have sat on my easter saturday and gone where are you god i have let you down and i don't know if you ever want any part of me again My guilt and my shame have moved me far from you. Lord, I just pray that if there is an emptiness between me and you, between us and you, that Lord, you will be able to fill it. And that Lord, through your story with Peter, that we might be able to journey further with you. May we never accept a second best life, but may we go for it all. May we go for the dream that you have for each and every one of us. Lord, bring us back to the cross. Let us never forget that it was not free, that it cost you everything in order to bring us home. Lord, during this time of worship, speak to us in that holy place. Open ourselves up to your Spirit, and may we see you anew with new life. Lord, we lift ourselves up to you. Do with us what you will. Amen.